a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Hopefully you had a, a very good weekend. Not bad here in Central Virginia, I got to tell you. It May the 1st and it's still sweater weather. I'll take it because I know that before long it's going to be 95 degrees with 80% humidity. So, uh, yeah, I will enjoy the prolonged springtime that we are having here in uh, Central Virginia. Did not have a chance to uh, get out and do any shooting this weekend. My uh, wife, Missy, is still feeling a little... Uh, a little off center after uh, her procedure last week, so it was a, a weekend of dog walking and house chores and stuff like that. But uh, hopefully this afternoon I'll be wrapped up with uh, my bearing arms duties before the sun sets and can uh, head out and do a little bit of shooting this afternoon. I am jealous of my neighbors because, uh, yeah, it it didn't sound like a war zone here in Central Virginia this weekend, but uh, I could definitely tell that a lot of my neighbors weren't quite as busy as I was, and uh Good for them. Anyway, on today's program, we're going to be talking about a uh, sterling example of media misinformation on the uh, part of the Washington Post. Before we do that, however, here's something we really have to think about. What is happening with the banks? It is literally crazy. Can you imagine what this is going to do to the retirement savings of America? Now, I want to tell you what I've heard from Augusta Precious Metals. Gold buying is on fire right now because people want gold IRAs to protect the retirement savings. And get this. If you have a 100000 plus saved for retirement, Augusta will pay you in pure gold to learn how gold IRAs can protect you. That's a big deal. A pure gold coin for free. Reach out to Augusta Precious Metals today and learn how you can get started with gold. Don't let bank failures get you down. Get this free gold and get some peace of mind. Just call 855-222-4997 to learn whether gold can help protect your retirement and get your free gold coin. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 855-222-4997. Again, 855-222-4997. So Friday afternoon, we got the great news from U.S. District Judge Stephen McGlynn, uh, an injunction placed against the state of Illinois' ban on so-called assault weapons and large-capacity magazines, which the state of Illinois arbitrarily defines as anything over 15 rounds for a handgun, anything over 10 rounds for a rifle. Uh, Just like they've arbitrarily defined what a quote-unquote assault weapon is. We've seen a couple of uh, U.S. district judges uh, uphold that state's ban, or at least decline to issue an injunction, ruling that, in their opinion, the Second Amendment doesn't actually protect modern sporting rifles or quote-unquote large-capacity magazines. And in doing so, they have uh, engaged in some very fanciful arguments to get to the point that uh, this commonly-owned firearm is not actually in common use for self-defense, right? They have all these sort of linguistic tricks uh, claiming to show that uh, the Second Amendment only protects guns that are in common use for self-defense, which is not what the Supreme Court said. Judge McGlynn cut through all of that clutter in his decision on Friday and said, look, The Supreme Court has said that arms that are in common use are protected by the Second Amendment. There's no doubt that AR-15s and modern sporting rifles are in common use. There are more AR-15s than there are Ford F-150 pickup trucks in the United States. And nobody would call Ford F-150 trucks rare or unusual. Uh, Same goes for the magazines that the state of Illinois has banned. Again, they are in common use by law-abiding gun owners. Uh, And Judge McGlynn says, listen, in essence, that's all that's needed. All of the convoluted arguments that we've seen from other judges said, well, you know, there was a law back in the uh, 1800s uh, that banned uh, or groups of individuals amassing together with guns. And so uh, that's kind of like 
uh, banning semi-automatic firearms, right? So, uh, yeah, it's the same thing. Or, you know what, even earlier, back in the 1700s, uh, New Jersey banned uh, uh, trap guns for a little bit, right? So if you had a, a string attached to the trigger, well, that, that was banned, so you could ban assault weapons. I mean, that's the type of legal reasoning, quote-unquote, that we're seeing from the courts these days. And Judge McGlynn was a breath of fresh air uh, in his concise opinion spelling out why Illinois' ban violates the Second Amendment. And he didn't have to engage in convoluted arguments. He simply had to look at the facts, look at what what the Supreme Court has had to say. The state of Illinois is banning guns that are in common use for a variety of lawful purposes, including self-defense. And that ban cannot stand. Now, ultimately, it's going to be the Supreme Court that uh, decides on the constitutionality of so-called assault weapons, the... uh, Illinois case going up to the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, And so, you know, we can say that this issue is uh, currently unresolved by the courts. Although, again, I think a clear reading of uh, Heller, McDonald, Bruin, and Catano uh, makes the outcome of a uh, challenge to any quote-unquote assault span uh, likely to be decided in favor of gun owners, at least based on the current makeup of the court. That's my prediction. What's fascinating to me is that the Washington Post ran this story. Uh, Democratic AGs are using the courts to win on abortion and gun control. And I saw this and I thought to myself, where? Where, <laughs> where, are, where are Democrat AGs using the courts to win on gun control? We just had the Bruin decision. Since then, the Supreme Court has not taken up a Second Amendment case, but there have been dozens of uh, decisions that we would call good decisions, recognizing the fundamental nature of the uh, right to keep and bear arms, since the Bruin decision was handed down by by lower court judges, right? These cases have not gone up to the Supreme Court yet, but again, you can look at uh, a federal judge in Tennessee striking down that state's ban on concealed carry for adults under the age of 21, or excuse me, gun ownership for adults under the age of 21. A federal judge in Texas struck down the uh, ban on concealed carry for adults under the age of 21. Uh, you also have, again, the injunction issued by uh, Judge McGlynn. Uh, we are awaiting what we expect to be four good decisions from U.S. District Judge Roger Benitez out in California, including a challenge to California's ban on quote unquote high capacity magazines, as well as their own so called assault weapons ban. The courts have not been particularly kind to the arguments of gun control activists since the Bruin decision. There have been a couple of exceptions that we'll get to. But what's fascinating about this Washington Post story, again, here's the headline. Democratic AGs are using the courts to win on abortion and gun control. So the whole basis of this headline is that Democratic AGs are going to the courts and they're winning. And yet, that's not what the Washington Post article talks about. In fact, they don't mention one court case dealing with the Second Amendment. Uh, Instead, they talk about the political efforts of Democratic attorney generals, like uh, or attorneys general, like uh, Bob Ferguson, the Democratic AG of Washington State, as the Washington Post uh, begins their piece. For Bob Ferguson, the seventh time proved to be the charm. For six years, Ferguson pushed a ban on, uh, quote-unquote, assault-style weapons in Washington's legislature. Each year, the proposal failed to make it out of committee until this one. In April, the legislature passed the bill, and Governor Jay Inslee signed it into law. Ferguson said that the, quote, tragic drumbeat of mass shootings played a role in boosting public support for the measure, and the Democratic base has become younger and more liberal since he first proposed the ban, he said. The political aspect of it's been turned on its head. 
the voters in Washington now want to ban assault weapons. They want to ban high-capacity magazines. That change definitely occurred, he says. Ferguson, one of several Democratic attorneys general, moving aggressively on key social policy issues to blunt Republican initiatives across the country designed to loosen gun restrictions, outlaw abortion, and curtail the rights of transgender residents. But again, the whole point of this story, the Washington Post, is that people like Ferguson are using the courts to win victories. And that's that's not the case. Washington's newly imposed gun ban is being challenged in court. Second Amendment Foundation uh, Firearms Policy Conference, or Coalition, uh, first out of the gate, filing lawsuits after uh, Inslee signed this bill into law. Uh, and we'll wait to see what happens. I mean, listen, given the Ninth Circuit and its historical hostility towards the right to keep their arms, this may be one of those cases that has to go up to the Supreme Court before gun owners find relief. In the short term, Ferguson may get his way uh, in finding a judge that will allow this ban to continue to be enforced while the litigation continues. But it's a little early to say that Ferguson has found any success in the courts. It is even more ridiculous to say that uh, Oregon Attorney General Ellen Rosenbaum has uh, seen success in the courts in defending gun control, given that Measure 114, the gun control effort uh, that was passed by, what, 50.3% of the vote, less than 51% approval in Oregon last year. Um, Or maybe it was right at 51% approval. That measure, which created a permit to purchase, as well as banning, quote-unquote, large-capacity magazines and a host of other restrictions on legal gun owners, has been put on hold by the Oregon Supreme Court. Actually, put on hold by a judge in Harney County. But the Oregon Supreme Court declined to reverse that judge's decision, and so the law has been on hold the entire time. That's not a victory. Washington Post just ignores that inconvenient uh, fact by failing to mention Measure 114 in the legal fight altogether. Instead, they say in Oregon, Rosenblum is uh, uh, addressing gun control, abortion guarantees, and transgender rights, the three most pressing national social policy issues, I guess, for for Democrats. Now, in her third term, Rosenblum is lobbying hard for a package of gun control measures in the legislature that would, yeah, lobbying hard in the legislature. Remember, here's the headline. Democratic AGs are using the courts to win on abortion and gun control. Uh, Now in her third term, Rosenblum is lobbying hard for a package of gun control measures in the legislature that would ban, quote-unquote, ghost guns, firearms without serial numbers that are extremely difficult to trace, and raise the age limit for possessing a gun from 18 to 21 years of age. Again, the Washington Post simply doesn't mention the legal fight over Measure 114 because it's not going the way of Democratic AG Ellen Rosenblum. Yeah. So... I, I, I'm. I gotta say, I'm a little gobsmacked, uh, just by the sheer inaccuracy of the Washington Post headline here, which makes it sound like again all of these Democratic AGs are are winning these court cases, defending uh, these uh, gun control laws, and the courts are going along with it. And that really hasn't been the case. Yes, again in Oregon, you did have a federal judge, uh, Karen Immergut, who declined to issue an injunction against Measure One One Four. Uh, again, using some really uh, spurious logic, she was the one who actually said, well, you know, listen, uh, back in the uh, 1800s, Illinois passed a law that prevented, you know, mass gatherings of armed individuals. And that's that's analogous enough to the state's ban on uh, modern sporting rifles that, uh, yeah, yeah, it stands. Because, again, AR-15s are protected by the Second Amendment anyway, because they're dangerously unusual. Uh, again, that Washington Post could have cited that 
decision. I mean, it went Rosenblum's way, but they would have then had to acknowledge that, uh, again, at the state court level right now, the law is on ice because the judges have disagreed with uh, that interpretation. Um, which is not to say, by the way, that, you know, we have all of these cases locked up and we're guaranteed to win. That That's not the case. But a fair reading of the legal landscape since Bruin would not be one in which Democratic AGs would be uh, touted for all of their legal successes, as the Washington Post has done. Uh, again, what the Washington Post lays out in the story is Democratic attorneys general are lobbying Democratic legislatures to pass gun control laws. Now, why that wasn't the headline, I don't know. But the Washington Post's uh, contention that attorneys general like Ferguson and Rosenblum are notching up all of these legal victories is nonsense. And it's not backed up by the Post's own reporting. Instead, they are engaged in partisan political efforts, including partisan political efforts to infringe on our constitutional right to keep and bear arms. And yeah, they are seeing some success in Democrat-controlled legislatures. As for the courts, uh, so far anyway, no, not seeing much success at all. And hopefully that will continue to be the case. All right, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there with a story out of St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, you know, Democrats in Minnesota have narrow control of the state legislature, uh, and they are pushing gun control bills. Uh, the House has already passed, I think, four. Uh, it remains to be seen how many, if any, will pass out of the Democrat-controlled state Senate, where they have a one-vote majority. Uh, and a couple of lawmakers have been very, very quiet about where they stand on these gun control bills. But it's fair to say that this is what the leadership wants, certainly what Governor Tim Walls wants. They want to crack down on legal gun owners. Meanwhile, gun owners are saying, listen, what about the decline in police staffing? What about these soft-on-crime policies? What about the fact that repeat offenders are getting spit back out on the streets? Why are you pointing your finger at us? We're not the problem. Now, these gun owners can point to this as another example of what it is that they're talking about. A St. Paul man put on probation for setting the uh, Lunds and Byerly store on fire. Yeah, and as it turns out, this guy... Um, well acquainted with police. 37-year-old Timothy John Arsenal, unfortunate name, pleaded guilty in January to starting a, uh, a recycling bin on fire, which quickly spread and then caused extensive damage to the grocery store's facade and canopy, about half a million dollars in damage, forced the grocery store to close for three days. Two days uh, after the uh, March 29th fire last year, Arsenal then kicked out a glass window at a, a Green Line train station, threw a trash can lit at a moving train, according to another criminal complaint, in that case, charging him with first-degree criminal damage to property. Uh, April 1st of last year, St. Paul police uh, arrested him. At the time, he was a three-time convicted felon, according to the Pioneer Press, on probation until October of next year. Arsenal had obviously or had uh, uh, previously uh, been civilly committed as well as mentally ill in 2015, 2016, and 2020. The last commitment expired April 8th of 2021. Surveillance video uh, showed a man carrying a white plastic bag wearing a dark-colored baseball cap 
uh, placed in his hand in the recycling bin, which then ignited into an active fire. Uh, an investigator contacted uh, Regions Hospital to see if they had any video of the suspect, uh, and they said that the man matching the description may have been a patient. Other surveillance showed Arsenal leaving the hospital around uh, 12.50 that morning while carrying white plastic bags, wearing the same hat and clothing as the arsonist. Complaint doesn't say why he had been at the hospital. Uh, at the time of his arrest, he was still wearing the same hoodie and also had a uh, lighter with him. Now, the Pioneer Press says that Arsenal has a lengthy criminal history with convictions dating back to 2005. His previous three felony convictions were for burglary in 2007, possession of a controlled substance in 2020, and theft in 2021. That last felony, in October 2021, he was sentenced to 86 days in jail and three years of probation for theft. This time around, he's accused, again, of starting a fire that caused a half million dollars in damage while he was on probation. <laughs> and yet, on Friday... Ramsey County District Judge Nicole Starr sentenced Arsenal to 17 months in prison, but stayed the entire sentence on the condition that he complete the terms of three years of probation along with chemical health and mental health programming. Now, that might sound tough, right? Well, listen, you can go back to jail if you don't comply with the terms of your probation. How many times has Arsenal violated his probation with no consequence whatsoever and gone on to commit more serious offenses while the criminal justice system shrugs its shoulders and says, uh, what are you doing back here? That, that, I mean, honestly, here's a guy who's already on probation. He was sentenced in October of 2021 to 86 days in jail and three years of probation. For violating the probation with these new charges last February, Arsenal was sentenced to 60 days in the Ramsey County workhouse, but a 15-month prison sentence was, you guessed it, stayed. So the state of Minnesota has had multiple opportunities to deal with this individual who clearly is mentally disturbed, clearly has trouble obeying the law, but they're not committing him, or if they are, they're not keeping him confined. And when he breaks the law and commits a, another felony level offense, even while out on probation, the system gives him a slap on the wrist, don't do it again. But if he does, Arsenal knows by now, nothing happens. This, again, is the issue here. Not Mr. Arsenal's case, but the way the criminal justice system treats repeat offenders, those who are mentally ill. We've talked about this ad nauseum on the program. Almost every state in the nation has a shortage of mental health inpatient beds for those who are in crisis. And almost every state has a shortage of mental health workers so that folks who aren't in crisis but do need to reach out to somebody, do need to talk to somebody, do need counseling, often can't get it. Now, again, these are not easy fixes. These are not cheap fixes. But these are real problems in the mental health and criminal justice systems that are ignored by politicians who say, oh, we need to do something. Uh, let's go after legal gun owners. And then they wonder why violent crime keeps rising. Actually, they don't wonder at all. They know that violent crime is going to continue to rise, and then they're going to call for even more gun control laws as a result of the ineffectiveness of uh, what they did the last time around. All right, today's Armed Citizen story from Georgia. I got to thank uh, listener, viewer Mark for uh, sending this story along. A Florida robbery suspect shot eight times by a, a store clerk in Georgia while fleeing the police. Started in uh, Flagler County, Florida. Came to an end, though, when a, a Georgia store clerk shot the suspect eight times. Uh, authorities say this began when a, a guy named Quintavis Jordan robbed a gas station. 
He was uh, spotted and chased by officers throughout uh, Georgia. Deputies in Georgia then used stop sticks to damage his tires, but uh, didn't in there. They say he ran to a nearby gas station and uh, demanded the clerk's car keys, tried to drive away, uh, but crashed into the front door of the store. After uh, Jordan crashed, he got into a fight with the clerk. That's when the clerk drew uh, their legally armed firearm and shot Jordan. The uh, Flagler County Sheriff says that if Jordan survives, he should spend a long time in prison. The uh, convenience store clerk not facing uh, any charges, obviously acting in uh, self-defense and uh, glad that the uh, clerk unharmed as well. Uh, finally today, our good deed of the day in the right place at the right time. We weren't able to do the right thing. A, a nurse in Fulton County, Ohio, who was uh, one of the first to come across a horrific accident on Friday. Uh, this accident killed two adults in this car uh, and left two children in the back seat with critical injuries. Uh, Haley Clinton uh, said that Friday night was one of the most traumatic and adrenaline pumping situations she's ever been in. Um, she was taking her daughter uh, to uh, her father's house when she and her wife noticed uh, glass on the road and they got a little bit closer and they could see the car. One of the two cars involved here, the car that the parents was in, she said the mother, by the time that she got out and ran to the scene, the mother had already passed away. Unfortunately, there was a younger child that was non-responsive when they pulled her out had a contusion to the left side of her skull she said, I couldn't even open her left eye to see her pupil. She said, I got her on the grass and I immediately put my fingers in her mouth to make sure that her airways were open and I started CPR. She performed infant CPR in that child until EMS arrived to take the girl and her sister. Uh, Clinton said that little baby, she was just fighting for her air and life the whole time. It felt like a lifetime before EMS finally showed up, but I think it was like five minutes. Uh, she found out that she was the only nurse on the scene until authorities arrived to, to take over. She said, it's almost like your intuitions as a nurse, they just kick in full force. And you just do what you've been trained to do because she was so small and just so fragile. I had to help this baby. Again, unfortunately, the baby's parents passed away in that wreck. Her sibling uh, also seriously injured. Both the baby and uh, uh, the other young girl who were injured are both in medically induced comas um, as of Sunday. Uh, and hopefully they will recover. I know that um, a lot of folks watching and listening to this will be uh, sending their prayers up to that family and those little girls uh, family, by the way, says that they're very thankful that uh, Haley was there to help save this girl's life again in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Haley Clinton there in uh, Fulton County, Ohio. I want to save the life of uh, one of these children uh, tragically injured in this terrible, terrible accident. All right. That is going to do it for this edition of Barry and Arms Cam and Company. I hope that that story has as happy ending as it can uh, for those two little girls. We will be back with you tomorrow with more Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation, and I am looking forward to uh, speaking with you once again. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget to check out BarryAndArms.com throughout the day. We are keeping you covered on all of the latest Second Amendment news and information. A lot of stuff breaking throughout the day. What's going on with the music there? I think I'm going to have to fade the music out. I think I hit one too many buttons on our uh, outro music. Uh, if you like what you see at BarryAndArms.com, I would encourage you to become a VIP member. All you have to do is go to BarryAndArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. As our way of saying thanks for showing your support, we're going to give you exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. News stories and analysis that matters because so does your support. And so we really appreciate it. I thank you very, very much uh, for all of your support here for Bearing Arms and for Bearing Arms Cam and Company. Hope you have as uh, good a Monday as you possibly can.
And I am looking forward to being back with you again uh, in the very near future. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.